Good afternoon, beautiful people. Welcome to episode 41 of Sports Bar Talk. And this podcast is absolutely loaded today. Let's go. Shout out to Anders for that beat drop. And welcome to episode number 51 minus 10 equals 41 of Sports Bar Talk. We are live. Well, we're live right now on a Friday. This will drop in about maybe an hour's time. It's 1048. But we are live from Los Angeles to Texarkana, the Springfield, Missouri, all the way up to Nyack, New York, and Bangor, Maine, as well as Nova Scotia. We are live coast to butter my toast, coast to coast. Let's dive into it. It's Sports Bar Talk, where we got the best seat in the house. And I mentioned last week I would give you my opinion on the NFL free agency. We didn't have time for it last week. We've got time for it this week. That is our leadoff. And free agency, you know, it wasn't like last year where you had basically a bunch of big stars out there. Free agency this year was kind of dull. We do have, we did have the Matt Stafford, Jared Goff trade. The biggest free agent out there was by far J.J. Watt from going to Arizona. Um, Will Fuller is still out there, by the way. It, who will sign him? Um, former Texan wide receiver was linked to Green Bay. We'll see what happens there. There was also some other uh, notable signings as well. Um, the Patriots. Boy. We'll talk about that in a second. Bill Belichick's a mastermind, though. But let's talk about, and my respect has gone up for Juju Smith-Schuster. Remember the James Harden rant I had where I didn't, where, you know, he asked for his trade and he got it and he got to go to a team that's now going to win the championship in the Brooklyn Nets and I destroyed the move. I hated it. I said it's capitalism at its finest. We're teaching kids that it is okay to throw temper tantrums because you'll get your way. Um, It's worked out for the Nets well, the trade. If you're a Nets fan, I still don't agree with Harden's thinking. I think you got to earn your ring the hard way, and this is the cupcake way almost. But he's contributing in a big way. It's still the cupcake way in my opinion. That's why my respect has gone up for guys like Giannis and whatnot. But Juju Smith-Schuster. Now, as a Steeler fan, I didn't want him back. I bought the off-field TikTok antics, as well as maybe bad play. He's getting doubled. For the betterment of the franchise, it was best if we had moved on from Juju. But, he is returning on a one-year deal worth around $6 or $8 million. But here is the catch. He, the Steelers were offered the least amount of money of any team, reportedly. He turned down higher money from, get this, first off, the Baltimore Ravens. That is huge in and of itself. You earned your respect with Ravens fan, with Steelers fans, excuse me, maybe taller than the Empire State Building how much respect they have for you now. Your play, your TikTok antics, that's out the window until the season. When Can you prove it? But this is where it gets better. The Ravens reportedly offered Juju more money 
But another team that offered Juju more money? The Kansas City Chiefs. I mean, round of applause for Juju. He could have gone and took the cupcake route to get a ring. He's earning his ring the hard way. We're proud of you, Juju. We're proud of you here at Sports Bar Talk. Even though if I was Juju, I would have rather played with Patrick Mahomes than Ben Roethlisberger. Roethlisberger is in his last year farewell tour season. Um, he takes a, Ben takes about uh, the first half to get warmed up, first quarter to warm up. Almost his play is terrible in the first quarter, and then the second quarter he ramps it up. And but it's almost too late. The Steelers are already down twenty-one nothing. This team was not is not built to overcome a free score deficit. Um, that's but Juju earned my respect. Now, for the Pittsburgh Steelers, I don't know why. If I was the GM, I wouldn't have offered. I would have said Juju, we're letting you go. Um, we love you here. We wish you could bring you back, but for the long term future of the Pittsburgh Steelers, we need to. We need to get rid of you and rebuild. Um, now, someone who also turned down more money, ironically as well, from the Baltimore Ravens, who all they were looking for was the big free agent wide receiver. They wanted Kenny Galladay. Then their attention turned didn't get him. Then they turned to Juju, didn't get him. Another guy who turned down significantly less money from the Ravens to stay at his organization, Indianapolis Colts, Wide receiver T.Y. Hilton. He is a he had some more money from other teams. <coughs> Excuse me. He takes the Colts, takes a pay cut, essentially, to run it. Well, not run it back, but run it with a new quarterback and Carson Wentz. And instead turns down the Ravens. Makes you wonder why are these free agent wide receivers? Not wanting to go to Baltimore to play with Lamar Jackson. Well, I think one thing. Baltimore's offense is run heavy. They don't pass it as much as other teams. And maybe it's also because Lamar doesn't throw it much because he's always just going to tuck it and run it even on pass plays. Plus, when you factor in your look, they only really have Mark Andrews and Hollywood Brown. Hollywood Brown really doesn't do much. Mark, Ev- Mark Andrews is the guy. Um, and they can't win the big game. Yes, they beat the Titans in the wild card game, but they can't win it when it matters. They couldn't beat Buffalo. They couldn't even compete with Buffalo. That game wasn't even close. That was an embarrassment. Um, they, it's just, I don't know what's going on in Baltimore. They need a new offensive coordinator. I don't think you need to get rid of Harbaugh yet, but... What's going on? Why do receiver? Why do why do people not want to go to Baltimore? Why do wide receivers not want to go to Baltimore? That is something I don't know. Maybe if they had Mahomes, people would want to go. Or if Lamar could throw the ball, or they change the offense up. Remember, Baltimore was ba- a balanced offense, and they turned more run heavy slash mobile to cater to Lamar's game. It worked for one year, but now defenses are figuring it out. So. Even though Lamar's still putting up crazy numbers, defenses are finally starting to figure out Lamar Jackson, the Ravens' offense. And we'll see what happens there. Trying to think if there... Well, there's some other... There's some big free agents out there. I mentioned Will Fuller. James Conner's also out there. Steelers running back situation's kind of tough. We'll see what happens. The Bucks, they've gotten every guy back that they've wanted to re-sign the running back, the same crew. There's only one guy out there still. Antonio Brown, 
There was potential talks of a Steelers reunion as with also Le'Veon Bell. That probably won't happen. I just can't see how the Steelers could afford both guys. Um, I know Russell Wilson is actively trying to recruit to get AB a- to come up to Seattle. But I, I, my prediction is he'll stay in Tampa Bay. And that whole crew will basically run it back. I don't know how they're able to do it with the cap so low this year. Same thing. Last year, the Chiefs were able to keep everyone pretty much. Um, and then I, I just mentioned Le'Veon Bell. He's out there. Chiefs necessarily don't need him because they're set on running backs with Daryl Williams and Clyde Edwards-Alaire. So, where would Le'Veon go? Steelers do need a running back. They could probably afford him. But I think the Steelers will go to find the running back in the draft route. Um, so, we'll see there. NFL draft, by the way, is only like a month away. Um, it's like the last weekend slash first weekend in May, last weekend in April, first weekend in May. The uh, I believe the four through seven rounds ironically fall on Kentucky Derby Day. So that's that. Um, let's check the time. Nine minutes. I'll breeze through these quickly. By the way, the next time we drop an episode, Major League Baseball will have begun their 2021 season. It's going to feel a little normal. Every stadium will have a limited capacity of fans, except the Texas Rangers. They are the first major pro sports organization to announce full capacity for the whole home games since Texas is fully open, no capacity limits. They will open up. They are still requiring masks, thank God. I don't think we're ready for full crowds yet. It's This is a disaster waiting to happen. Uh, we're failing the marshmallow test, but it'll be good to hear some full, loud roars. As a sports fan, that'll be refreshing to hear. We've heard it a little bit over in New Zealand because they have no COVID. They they did a better job handling this at the beginning of the pandemic than we did as a government. Um, but full crowds, that'll be nice to have. Um, also, UFC 261, that's coming up in April, like April 24th. They will be in Jacksonville. That'll have a full crowd as well. We'll talk about that as it gets closer. Um, <coughs> but Major League Baseball's back. They're playing a full 162-game season. Spring training's been going on like normal. Only thing is, and it's kind of sad, the universe... So I like this change. The Universal DH is back for this season. What I don't like is the extra inning rule. A runner will start on second, supposedly to speed up the game. Rob Manfred has done a horrible job as commissioner. I am somewhat of a traditionalist, and I think he is ruining the game. You look at baseball and the interest as well, and you look at that among the other sports in America. Baseball is rapidly decreasing among youth participation. More people are gravitating towards basketball because you also have during the spring you have AAU also you know football people now are lifting weights it used to be you played football then basketball and baseball and then you started training for your football in the summer now the football training is almost year round basketball those guys they go AAU route and then they don't want to do baseball they want to do track or lacrosse or something like that so baseball they got to figure out a way to fix it and I don't think Rob Manfred's the guy to fix it I think how you fix it is just keeping the rules how it is, the way they were. Seven-inning doubleheaders are coming back. I get it for the pandemic, but I hope this isn't permanent once we're post-pandemic. 
The extra inning runner on second base rule is just terrible. And I guess they liked it because they te- a lot of the new rules that they potentially float out there, they will test in the minor leagues um, for a couple seasons. Like, in one of the minor leagues this year, they are going to be testing automated strike zones. Um, I'll be interested to see how that works out, and I would, I would bet a thousand dollars that will be that automated strike zones will be in the MLB in about three to five years. Um, yeah, so baseball is back. I don't like that they're keeping some of the rule changes. Only one I really agree with is the universal DH seven inning doubleheaders. Since we're in a pandemic, you want to slow the spread. I get it, but hopefully, once we're post pandemic, hopefully next year that rule is gone. The runner on second base to start an inning is just absolutely awful. Um, But in terms of the storylines, real quick, there's some big storylines. Can Mike Trout finally get back to the playoffs with the LA Angels? What? How will the new look Mets look? New owner wasn't afraid to spend money. They go out, they get some big names, Francisco Lindor, um, some good pitching to add to the staff as well. The Yankees, can they come out of the AL finally? They've been the favorite for like the last three or four seasons. Aaron Judge looking to do well. Of course, the Yankees have a new pitching rotation somewhat. Tanaka out. Jamison Tyone in. Also, Domingo Herman is back after uh, serving a suspension. So, the Yankees look good. What do you, how, how bad will the Orioles be this year? Um, that's a question. Can say the same about the Pittsburgh Pirates. The Dodgers, can they repeat? How? What can the Rays do? You know, they let Blake Snell go to San Diego. We'll see what happens. Should be an interesting baseball season. Can't wait to get it going. All right, before we get into March Madness real quick, PGA Tour, it's, the, it's a WGC event. It's the Dell Technologies match play out there in Austin, Texas, home of Matthew McConaughey. Um, the coverage today is on Golf Channel, um, and since it's a WGC event, it's match play, by the way, and I love match play, I think we should make the PGA Championship, because that's the least known of the four majors, I think that should just be a match play tournament, as one of the majors, I think we need more match play tournaments on the PGA Tour, quite frankly, it's, it's, it would be better for the game, I think it would, you're talking, we're talking about growing the game, yes, we're growing the game pretty good with golf, but match play, I think, would get more people into the game because you might see some people interested. In some states, golf is a spring sport, and if you make those high school golf seasons match play, I think more and more people would be interested in golf as a whole, young people, that is. Um, so, yeah. Now, since it's a WGC event, there is an alternative, alternate event the PGA Tour is putting on for the people outside of the top 60 or 70 in the world golf rankings, it is the Punta Cana Championship at Corrales Golf Club. Right now, I don't know this guy's name. His name is A. Andrew Yun. He's from Tacoma, Washington. He is in the lead right now at 7 under par. You also have some German guy named Hagar. Rafael Campos is also tied for second there at 6 under. And then you have some guys. That coverage is on Golf Channel all week. You have so you have the WGC match play that coverage is on Golf Channel starting at like two today. Then the cool thing about the WGC is they play so when they get to the knockout round, they're in the group stage. I call it the knockout round as the soccer fan in me. 
But when they get to the uh, knockout round, they're going to play the round of 16 and the quarterfinals all in one day. So in the morning, you'll have the round of 16 coverage. That'll be on Golf Channel. Then the quarterfinals start. That moves to your local NBC station. Then on Sunday, they play the semifinals in the morning. That's on Golf Channel. Championship and third place match. That'll be on NBC. So you're covered with the golf. By the way, only two weeks to go until the Masters. You'll get to hear my Jim Nance impression again. Cannot wait to bring you that. March Madness. Really quickly. My bracket absolutely stinks. About 75% of my Final Four is gone. Except for Gonzaga. Who I had winning it all. I'm going to lose the family bracket challenge and have to do the dishes and pay for dinner. Um, as, as If I don't turn it around, I'm going to need to. But real quick, the Sweet 16 schedule is as follows. Four games on Saturday, four games on Sunday. The two afternoon games on each day will be on your local CBS station, and I'll mention that again. Then the night games will be on TBS. That is TBS, where Conan O'Brien delivers some hilarious jokes. Okay, on Saturday at 2.40, you have Oregon State, the Beavers, who were given last rights to be here, and they're in the Sweet 16. They're taking on the Fighting Sister Jeans, the Loyola of Chicago Ramblers. That'll be a very interesting matchup. I, th- I expect Loyola to come through and win that game. Then at 5.15, the Villanova Wildcats will take on the Baylor Bears. I like Villanova, but Baylor could easily blow this away. Villanova, the key, they're going to have to get hot shooting. Oral, then at 7.25, Oral Roberts, the surprise team, they take on the Razorbacks of Arkansas. Who picks Suey? That'll be an interesting game. I actually think Oral Roberts will get the upset in this game. I'm sorry to my Arkansas fam. I just think this team is on a roll, and I think this is the type of team they could beat. They beat Ohio State. They can easily beat Arkansas. And then the nightcap on Saturday. Syracuse, led by the coach's son, Buddy Bayheim, take on the Houston Cougars. I think Syracuse can win this game. The, the odds show they're six-and-a-half-point dogs. I think they can win it outright, just like they did to West Virginia. Then on Sunday, Creighton and Gonzaga. think it's close in the first half. I think Gonzaga pulls away in the second, almost like what they did to Oklahoma. Then my favorite game of the Sweet 16, Florida State takes on Michigan. I think it'll be close. I think Michigan will be able to pull it out, though. Then, at 7.15, UCLA takes on Alabama. UCLA looking pretty good as of late. I like Bama, though. And then the nightcap, an all-pack 12 affair between the Oregon Ducks and USC. Being very interesting. Since these two teams have played twice already, they know each other well. This is the Ducks, of course, second game in the tournament because their first-round game, VCU had a couple COVID positives. So Oregon State got, by forfeit, They advanced to the next round. They won the game. I like Oregon in this one. I don't really have much of an opinion on this game, but but if I had to make a prediction, I would take the Ducks. Quack, quack, quack. All right, March Madness. So, the Loyola, Oregon State, Villanova, Baylor, Creighton, Gonzaga, and Florida State, Michigan games. 
That'll be on your local CBS station. That is CBS, as in where Nora O'Donnell works. Terrific journalist on the CBS Evening News. Oral Roberts, Arkansas. Syracuse, Houston. UCLA against Bama and Oregon, USC. That is over on TBS. All right. Let's go to a restaurant of the week. I realize I am overtime, so this is going to be Sports Bar Talk Extra Time. And the restaurant I am going to spotlight for you beautiful people today is a pizza place that is expensive. It is like, think Ruth Chris's Steakhouse and Mod Pizza if they had a child. You would get the Upper Crust Pizza on 19 York Street in delightful Gettysburg, PA. They make small personal pizzas for you, but they're not just pizzas. Now, I will tell you the pizzas they have, they have gumbo pizza, pineapple pizza, sausage pizza, pepperoni, margarita. They have spinach pizza, brisket pizza. I like to get the four cheese pizza, and I add some prosciutto on it. Prosciutto is a very salty ham. Delicious. They, their, their Philly cheesesteak is amazing. Just amazing. Get it with fried onions. You're well on your way to a delicious meal. Um, their appetizers, they have really good onion rings. I don't see them now. Really good Yukon fries. Their hummus is delicious. Uh, me and my mother, we love it. I would love to try their pretzel calamari at some point. Haven't gotten around to it yet. Um, yeah. Upper Crust. They have online ordering. It is so delicious. Um, but I gotta warn you, It's pricey. Your wallet will not like it. The pizza I get, which is a small, like, 11-inch pizza, 14 and I top with prosciutto, is $20 for that pie. That's the only thing. Very good restaurant. I haven't been in the restaurant. I've always gotten takeout. Very good food. It's very pricey. Very pricey. Alright. That's it for Sports Bar Talk. Get go, vaccine, vaccine, vaccine. That's my Dolly Parton impersonation. Get your vaccine. Wear your masks. We're almost back to normalcy. Even if it means Christmas of 2021. This is Sports Bar Talk. Where we got the best scene in the house.